Welcome to the Electrician Success Podcast. I'm Greg Allen, and this is your daily performance boost. If you want to become a member at the Electrician Success Academy, we have a 10% off lifetime membership if you sign up using the podcast token code. So that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all in capital letters, at checkout. Okay, let's get into this one. It's going to be a good one. So I hope you enjoy it. Hey, John, welcome to the Electrician Success Academy. Really excited to have you here today and um, looking forward to finding out about Horan and Bird and also your, what you're doing on the leadership team of Origin Energy. Um, and so welcome aboard. Really excited to have you here. And no worries, Greg. And I'd love to kick it off with my favorite question. Why did you become an electrician in the first place? Well, I grew up in the building industry. My father ran a business uh, with his brother um, called Horan Brothers Builders. They ran that very successfully for oh, 30, 40 years. And so I grew up in that industry. So uh, I actually wanted to be a builder, but my father always said my skin wasn't perfect for being a builder. He said I'd get too many skin cancers like him. <laughs> so um, I said, well, what else could I do? Uh, so I think electri- le- electrical sort of just fell into my lap that way. So I could still do that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, could you run me through the different things that you've done? So where did you start your apprenticeship and, and, and all the way yep. through? Tell us your story. Yeah. So uh, in 1991, um, I started my electrical apprenticeship at a sugar mill in um, Ingaroo called Victor Mill. That, that, was, that was really good. It was a really awesome place to learn your trade because you learn a lot of, um, a little bit of construction. We did a lot of construction there, but a lot of maintenance, um, high voltage, low voltage, a lot of things like that. Mm-hmm. But, mate, it wasn't enough um, for where I wanted to go. So I, I would work during the day at the mill, and in the afternoons after work, I would work for free for an electrical contractor um, after work every day and on weekends for nothing just to learn so I could learn different, um, you know, new homes, pumping, lots of different stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I did that on and off. For after even after my apprenticeship, I, I did that for probably eight, eight to ten years. Yeah. Really? So you're just yep. you're just going around to different people where you felt you had a, a gap in your knowledge base, and you'd ask them if I, hey, can I come work for you for free just to learn? That's right. Can you, and yeah, absolutely. Can you tell me what the employer or the contractor was thinking when you went to them? Like, did they treat you differently because you were there with a uh, a mindset to learn rather than to earn? No, no, they treated me exactly like one of the boys. Um, in fact, you know, I always went out to people that I knew as well, which made it a lot easier for me. So, um, and, you know, I'll never I'll never forget what those guys did to me because I think, you know, the first 10 years of my trade is so important to learn everything. Um, you know, I was always going to work for myself, but I had to make sure that I knew everything because I've seen, well, even back then, um, I've seen a lot of people fail going out too early. I just wanted to make sure when I was going to go that I was going to be ready. Yeah. And what yeah. drove, like you said, you're always going to go out on your own. What drove you to, what did you see as being on your own meant to you? Well, I always wanted to run my own business. You know, after seeing what dad did and his brother did, um, it was just what I wanted to do. Um, I just didn't want to make a mistake. You know, I in the end there, I got some pretty good high-paying jobs there um, before I left. I just knew when I was going to go, I had to be ready, um, you know. When you got a little family, you, know, you, you only get one little big crack at it. Um, I didn't want to be able to waste all that, so it was really important for me that I that I knew not only about electrical stuff, um, that I knew business as well. You know, I, I did business management along that time as well, so that I had the technical and the business um, skills as well. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. 
So going through your apprenticeship in the sugar mill, what would you say your biggest lesson learnt was in, as an apprentice? Um, safety, definitely safety in the sugar mill. It's a um, very dangerous environment, uh, especially back there in the early 90s. Um, it is not even close to what you see today uh, with safety. But look, um, listening, asking a lot of questions was probably my biggest thing that I learned. Um, lots of different trade tradespeople I work with over the years, and it's just awesome that some people are really good at some things and um, not so good at other things. So it's just about take the 10% off that guy, 10% off that guy, 10% off that guy yeah. until you know what you're good at. Yeah, for sure. And you always yeah. had an open learning mind. You weren't, you didn't try and prove like you knew everything. You always had an open mind. No, because when you're a young guy, they, they quickly get that out of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, no, seriously, yeah, just it was just opening and learning. I, I think today, you know, between the age of 20 to 30, I think you just need to pretty much break as much stuff as possible, learn as much stuff as possible, and um, you know, and find as many mentors as you can. Yeah, and who are some of your, who are some of your mentors? Um, it's good. I, my first my first boss really was Romelu Rosali. Um, he was he was unreal. His his technical ability was extraordinary. So I learned a lot. Um, and his people management skills were, were quite remarkable as well. And then I had um, my uh, my trader after that was uh, Jeff Rankin. His name was Rankin Electrical. He now he now runs um, Queensland Airport Lighting. He's uh, he's done really well for himself. And but look, he, he sorry about the lights. Um, you like that sensor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I learned a lot from him. Yeah. See, energy efficiency, mate. We, yeah. If I'm not moving as much, the lights, I've got to use my hands a bit more. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was technical side. I learned, uh, I learned a lot of those guys, but down, down the track, um, when I got, you know, more into business and things, I've, I created a board, as you know, and uh, I've, I've, you know, I've learned off a hell of a lot of guys over the years, yeah. Yeah, can you tell me how, what was the things that you did to get a mentor? Did you go out of your way to find a mentor, especially your board? Like, what were mm. you looking for in people that were going to take you and help you? And and um, did you find it quite easy to do, like to bring people together to help you out? It's incredible when you go out and ask people. They usually don't say no. Um, I, I always try to find a gap where uh, I saw someone very, very successful that I didn't quite have, um, or someone who's just done it, done the hard yards, and, and I want to learn off that guy. You know, one, one of the, and he's a good mate of mine um, today, Troy Hazard, was without a doubt one of the greatest guys I've ever met. Um, I met him in 2000 and about 2011, and uh, what that guy taught me, you know, he, he ran successfully uh, 10 businesses, and, oh. and uh, you know, he was right at the beginning of Eagle Boys Pizza. He helped roll that out along with Pool Works, and he was a franchise king, so he, he taught me a lot. And I've had other good guys like Mick Mullins, he was a good investment banker and solicitor, and, you know, I've had a lot. Um, yeah, Lawrence Lancini, which is big in North Queensland, he's a, he's a really good guy here in North Queensland. He pretty much started the Cowboys here. In North yeah. Queensland, and he's a yeah. So lots, just don't be afraid to ask because you know they, you know they want to help. They generally want to help you. Yeah. Um. How did you go about asking those people initially? Um. Well, Troy. Troy was funny. It was funny because Troy's dad lived in a in I'm um, sorry Townsville, so it was easy for me, and we were introduced uh, via a mutual friend. But you know, because Troy at the time was living, well, he still does live in the United States, so it was just a great opportunity. Um. And, and had a coffee, and we just clicked really. Yeah. yeah, and then you kept kept contacting him and asking for help, and he was happy. To yeah, help. then he would he would fly into into Townsville probably four or five times a year and come and see me and Scott. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Cool. Mm. And um, so, what are your current? So you've gone from 
from that and in your training. So then what happened from there? So in 2004, that's when I that's when I bit the bullet and started uh, Horror and Electrical in um, in Townsville. And I just started out of the garage like most Sparkies do, out of their garage. Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought it was going to be quite easy, to be honest. Uh, all my competitors were driving around in white vans. And, you know, to me, I thought if you're driving around a white van, you're actually trying to hide from the public. You're actually going out and do a job and, and hope to God that they can't remember you. So they don't have to, you know, if something goes wrong, you can't, you know, have to pay it, don't have to fix it. So to me, I just absolutely flipped everything um, on that. I um, went really hard. I sign writing everywhere, advertised everywhere. No electricians ever advertised on TV. I was going hard on TV, hard on radio. Um, the problem is it's starting to get hard on me. Yeah? Yeah, really hard on me. And um, me in 2005, um, yeah, I almost went down in 2005. I remember watching TV uh, with my family and, and being struck to a heart monitoring machine. Um, my blood pressure was off the planet. Um, and I knew, you know, I thought, I thought, you know, I had to, to me to get out of this, I had to work harder and faster. There's no doubt about that. Um, that's what I thought. And you know when you get stuck in quicksand? You ever seen those movies when someone's in quicksand? They think, you know, the harder and harder you got to get out, the more and more you sink to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. That was me, mate. I was up at, you know, up at 5 a.m., um, into the books at 6 o'clock in the morning, out, gone, on the tools, get back. Uh, 7 o'clock at night before you get home, you're taking, you know, five to six phone calls. You've got to return. By the time you get into the into the kitchen, it's 8 o'clock at night. If your kids are still awake, it's a miracle. If, if they are, you know, you've got five minutes, then you're straight back down into the office again doing invoicing. Next you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. Next thing you know, it's 6 o'clock in the morning again doing the same thing around. And that's Saturday and Sunday, seven days a week. And yeah. um, oh, that got me, got me hard. So, but I was sort of lucky. I knew that if I didn't turn something around pretty quickly, that I was going to be like everybody else. Another statistic, 18 months in, gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, um, I developed a formula. I, I call it PPH. I call that today. Um, I was flying to Melbourne one day. When you're on an airport, when you're on a plane, you can really think about a lot of stuff. Um, I just ran around with a lot of figures and, I, and a lot of formulas, and I created a formula which now um, today it sort of calculates profit per hour. It tells you how much money you're making, whether it's uh, labor only, materials only, whether it's a quote job, whether it's a quote uh, or it's a do and charge job, it didn't matter. Um, it tells you exactly what profit you're making per hour. Um, the power of that, it was extraordinary. I, I was then able to see um, which which customers made me the most money, which suburbs made me the most money, um, and I could just absolutely do everything different to everybody else in the industry. Wow, can you, can you share the PPH formula? Yeah, it's, Look, well, I can share it. But I can't say it, but I can share it. Yeah, <laughs> I can definitely share it, and, and I'll send it to you so you can share the guys. Yeah, um, out there, I'll do that. But cool, it's extraordinary. It's a lot of hard work, um, and once you understand it, it just goes takes you to the next level. But basically, after that, oh, we just you know absolutely turn the business around. I'll be able to make twice as much money with half the amount of blokes. Ah, uh, yes, and, this is the this has something to do with the eighty twenty rule, maybe. Oh, a little bit of that. Yeah. Oh, a little, little bit of that in there. You, yeah. you know, eighty twenty rule works really well with um, referrals, and yeah. you know, it works really well with working really hard for your customers, doing the right thing. You know, whore and a bird, tell the truth, do what you say. If you make a mistake, fix it. You yeah. know, that's about as simple as it gets. And if you can do that, you're going to get a lot of eighty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> coming back your way. Um, but yeah, that was that was extraordinary for us, and that changed absolutely changed everything that Horn and Bird does. Um, so that I might as well start t- talking about the bird because back then it was Horn Electrical. Yeah. Um, 
And so in 2007, um, Scott, who was working working for me, um, he bought into the company and we became Horan and Bird. Okay. So that's how Horan and Bird started, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Mm. All right. There you go, the energy efficiency. Cool. Look at that. We just saved some money. We'll talk about saving money later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, let's come back to you. I think this is such a good point and I think a lot of people and I see a lot of people on the networks out there on Facebook and everything uh, really struggling with this. They're talking about, you know, yeah. non-stop working. What do I do? I'm freaking out. I don't have a life. I'm working too hard and I'm, I feel stuck and and that's where you just said you were. Um, so once you did do that, how did your lifestyle change? How did you move out of that and how did it change as you went forward? Got my life back. Mate, I was doing probably 80 hours, maybe more hours a week. Um, I was back to 40 hours a week. You know, I'll look, 40 is a lie. I would say probably more 45, 50 yep. hours a week. Most people, I still do that today. Um, but look, God, that makes it, you know, it's unbelievable. I got my weekends back. I could do this stuff with my kids. You know, my eldest daughter didn't know how to ride a bike until she was nine years old um, because I couldn't do the stuff that, that a dad needs to do, you know. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I had I had a lot of mates in the same position too. Not not sparkies, but plumbers and, and other people like that, and and um, it really killed me. So I realised that you know once I got out of that, um, I knew that other people had to learn about it, and I knew if something ever happened to me, I needed to know that my kids knew how to do how not to do it. Yeah. So um, 2009, I wrote that thing. I wrote I wrote a book about it. Oh, awesome! We'll put that yeah. in the resources for everyone to get a copy of that. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. So that. That's how it's spoken. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And what drove you, John? So, like, you went, you, you, when you said, I wanted to start a business, what was the drive there? Why did you want to start a business in the first place? Was it for your family? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so, when you when you saw that you were you're not having time for your family, it drove you even harder to get out of it. That's right. So, that's awesome. what I call the quicksand effect. Yeah. You can see the quicksand effect. You think, oh, okay, it's starting to really affect them now. Um, it starts to snowball pretty quick yeah. and then you realize, you know what, i just got to go harder here. I just need to pay my house off faster. If I'm not going to pay my house off faster, I've got to get in and do this harder and faster and it don't work. Don't, <laughs> don't work, yeah. It's just less yeah. time for the family, less time for yeah. you as and your own health. Yeah. Wow. No, that's yeah. cool. Awesome. All right, so Hor- Horan and Bird was born and mm. what happened from there? It was amazing. So um, bring, bringing Scott on. Scott was more operations type guy who's really good at that absolutely different personality so that's something um i could talk to you about later but you know you don't want business partners that are the same as you you gotta you gotta make sure you pick a team that is absolutely different to you pick up gaps that you that you don't find that you don't like really or that you, you're not quite as good at so um scott was able to absolutely run the boys run the team yeah uh, i was able to step back and um do more probably ceo type role um and it just, we went nuts, you know? We went from probably, um, I think it was about 12, 13 people we had in 2007 to about uh, 30 by the end of that year. Whoa. Um, yeah. And then, like in 2019, uh, sorry, 2009, um, we, we become the first Australian Master Literature of the Year uh, on, the, on the back of some of the procedures and, and, and stuff that we did there. It was really, really exciting to, um, and if Mel's listening, thanks, Mel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but no, that was huge, and what we did on the back of that was how we branded the company. It was all on the back of that award, really. Um, yeah, so that meant that, a lot for your business, winning Master Electrician did. of the Year, uh, yeah. and pushing yourself and setting up everything so that you were able to win it uh, mm. was the first step, and then you won it, and you were able to use that award to drive you to the next level. That's right. It's about branding. How do you make yourself a little bit different to everybody else? 
if you're the same as anybody else, you're going to be the same price as everybody else. So what what makes them buy off you? So it's about me. It's about brand positioning and making us and how to just how do you make stuff a little bit better? So yeah, and that's why once we won that, we just kept on going. You really yeah. after that, yeah. we had a lot of bunch of awards after that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but that was the beginning. Yeah. So did you start off? So you're into solar now and sustainable energy. Um, we weren't then. No, not we then. weren't. We weren't doing solar then. We we started getting into solar into late 2009, probably early 2010. Um, how we really got into it, um, we started going on a job, and we started seeing some solar panels. I'm sort of, geez, how the hell? What are these things? <laughs> but then I did a lot of research about it, and then I started reading and reading and reading and reading and realised that you know what, this industry is going this way big time. Mm. Um, in 2010, we absolutely did a whole pivot. We completely pivoted Oran Bird. We changed everything. We changed our vision. We changed our brand. We we turned ourselves into an everyday energy solutions company, not electricians anymore. Uh, Although we do all that stuff, we still do the sparky stuff, the air conditioning stuff. We still do all that, um, but we absolutely changed all our branding. Everyone thought we were mad, absolutely mad. But um, when you when you go all in like that, so it was put all the cards in. Yeah. Um, we trained all our guys up 12 months. Um, into solar, we did that 12 months before everybody else did, and um, so when solar did become ready to go, we were ready. you know well down the path here. Yeah, and that's your point of difference now. You're a full energy solutions right. company. Well, pretty much energy solutions company, and now pretty much an energy company as well, being owned by Origin Energy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, cool. So tell me about um, tell me about that Origin Energy. What's happening there? Yeah, so. Um, Origin, Origin purchases last year, 2015. Um, so Origin can, well, Origin, um, I love Origin, they're great. <laughs> no, seriously, Origin are, are really pointing that way as well. They've got a division called Solar and Emerging Business. Um, they they really want to focus on that area. So it was, uh, it made sense for them to purchase Solar and Bird to help them um, get there faster, open up Queensland for them. So, you know, them purchasing us, I opened up the whole of Queensland for them, mm. um, but also brought a lot of electrical expertise um, into their division, which um, which is the which is the future um, for a lot of big companies out there. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I, yeah, I just need to tell you a, a funny story um, about solar, um, what really made solar. Yeah. It was in, in 2011, everybody's buying a pallet everyone was buying solar panels by the pallet and um, I was thinking there's got to be a better way than this you know everyone's paying a lot of money for a pallet of solar panels and, and worse in Townsville where we were you know ships were going past Townsville we had to and we were trucking it back from Melbourne so there's got to be a better way so we started um, thinking about how the hell do we get a container here directly to Townsville to the Townsville port bypass all that stuff yeah um, so through a friend of ours in, in Australia who teed us up with the uh, direct suppliers there, we went over there and negotiated, and um, we started buying a container. But you know, back then, wow. um, you could never get terms. You had to pay US dollars upfront cash. Um, we had to sell a house. Oh, really? We had to sell a house to buy the first container of solar panels, and it took 90 days um, to get in. And you know, and the funny part was, I remember a friend said to me, you know, when it was halfway coming across, oh John, did you insure that container of solar panels? I said, what do you mean insure? Container of solar panels. Don't the company who, you know, that's the company who does it insure the container. Uh, no, John, they insure it to the port. Uh, it's yours. You know, oh. the port in China, and it's yours from there. Oh. So that was probably the most stressful, uh, you know, probably six to eight weeks of our lives waiting for this. Yeah. Um, hundreds of thousands of dollars of US dollars <laughs> coming across. Oh. Um, yeah. But, you know, we got that here. We're paying half price. Once we got that, we'll pay half price wow. for solar panels. And, yeah. um, 
But up front, we, you know, we had to buy another one after that, and we had to sell another house. And I can tell you that is not a good game plan selling houses um, to buy solar panels because we had no houses left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a house now? You're not living in a box. Yeah, just house are good now. Yeah, are good because um, you know after that we become we built really good relationships with with the suppliers, and now they give us ninety days before we even had to pay for them. So that's great. It's a lot easier. Of stress, but you just got to build relationships, and sometimes you just got to go hard. Yeah. yeah. So so you identified that there was a you know this what this could be done better and then you went and found a solution for that problem yeah yep. would you say that's something you do in business all the time every day every, every day. day every day every single day yeah so always looking for something to you're always looking for some if there's a roadblock then you look for a solution and that's what business is well that's how that's how we got involved with origin in the beginning origin had got a, a magnificent product called solar as a service which is power purchasing agreement which enables customers to get solar um, on their houses for nothing cost of nothing um, then they enter into a low energy price a low energy contract so we can see that that was the future the United States was selling solar like that um, yeah. for a long time so we couldn't fund that we couldn't fund those sort of things and we could see the feed in tariffs were all finishing uh, how else how else were we going to sell solar so we said you know we need a really good partner here and it makes more sense to be a big energy company and um, the relationship just blossomed with us in origin yeah awesome yeah. that's really cool all right, well, <clears throat> I'd love to jump into a little bit of training stuff. Um, so this could be really beneficial for anyone that's looking to come into solar, work for you, uh, anyone that's looking to partner with Origin as well. Um, so I think this is a great way to show your expertise and, and, uh, and why you're so good in this uh, sustainable energy. Uh, Not too many hard questions, mate. All right, we'll, we'll go easy. <laughs> <laughs> Starting at the basics, so you'll have pretty good experience of this and especially... Um, your partner as well with dealing with your team, but uh, what do you see the biggest mistakes in solar installations and de design are when people are starting out in it? Um, without a doubt, probably um, using cheap equipment, um, probably not doing their research on the on the equipment, making sure that they get good inverters, that they've got good solar panels. Um, it, I've even seen even worse things than that. I've seen guys that actually then go and buy good solar panels, good um, inverters, and then they go and use a cheap DC isolator. Yeah, they'll catch on fire. <laughs> that was a big thing. You know, so equipment's yeah. really important. But um, more than that, you got to really learn how to install it. Yeah. So, um, but there's no doubt about it, the biggest mistake in solar is um, using the wrong equipment and um, coming back and bite you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the biggest waste of time? Would that be in the same thing, or would in terms of your training? What would be a waste of time training? Like you see other contractors training their staff in a certain thing, which is probably a waste of time. Oh, <laughs> that's a hard question, mate. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, what, what I see is a waste of time. Um, probably, I don't know, it's, a, it's hard to say. Um, I see a lot of people not using safety correctly. I, I see... Uh, are people thinking that they can get up and get a solar system done um, quickly and and a lot of it but I tell you it's a waste of time learning how to do that quickly if you're not going to do it safely because it's going to come back and bite you yeah. um, harder and harder and harder I can't believe I answered that that was beautiful yeah no that was good um, especially like if you cut out safety and don't do it properly and you stack it off the roof or yep. you hurt yourself then you're out yep. that's a waste of time Absolutely. Productivity, yep. do you're out of business, especially if That's you're a small exactly business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So consider that. So that's a good one. Good answer, John. Yeah, don't don't cut corners. So what a waste of time it would be. Would be cutting corners to get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. Which you think is going to save? as a bit of a paradox, isn't it? So you think mm. it's going to save your time by cutting a corner, but in yep. reality, it's either going to come back later for a repair, or it's going to be you, you getting hurt if it's a safety thing. You're cutting corners. Yeah, that's off. right. Yeah. All right. Um, so what are some of the most uh, your favourite instructional books or resources or courses? Um, that you would recommend for people to learn solar about solar? Yeah, um, look with with solar now. Look, there's, there's you know there's a lot of companies that are training solar. MEA has a lot as well. Uh, there's a lot of other companies as well that, that train solar and design installations. You know, when we first started doing solar, it was a it was 12 months. It was a full 12 months. Now I think you can do it in three days. So you're kidding yourself. You're absolutely kidding yourself if you're thinking how to do solar in three days. Um, so you really need to train yourself. So uh, I'll be going to manufacturers. A lot of the manufacturers have um, lots and lots of good training videos. I would go and research all those. Um, there's lots of industry ch uh, industry chat rooms as well you can go on and, and learn. But more importantly, I would be really look at the big players out there and have a look at what they're using and possibly um, look. You know what? For us, we actually went over and saw it. For us, we went overseas, we went to the factories, we actually went and saw the R&D team, spoke to them, researched it, so, yeah. Awesome. All right, uh, this is gonna be a good one. So, for me, uh, if you were to train me in 12 weeks for a competition in solar installation, and we had a million dollars on the line for this, what? how would you train me for that, and what would you teach me? So, your sales and installing? Yep, a whole lot. Yep. I come to you, I'm totally fresh, I don't understand anything about solar. How would you, in 12 weeks, get me to competition level where if I won it, we win a million dollars together? Well, I would buddy I would buddy up with my best guys. No doubt. If I, am I in for half? Yeah, half. Am I, I'm in for half? All right, you get the story. <laughs> I, I, would, um, I would buddy you up with my, with my best sales guys. Um, for, the first, for the first two weeks, have you going hard. At night time, I'd have you training, learning how to install. Um, on the on the on the weekends, I'd have you out with my guys learning how to do the installs at the same time. Um, but I would have you week three. I'd be you'd be selling. I'd have you selling going hard. Then on weekends installing, and then after that, how much? Have you got any money to, to put people on? What's that? Have you got money to put people on? No, it's just one one person. You, so you can't even put sales guys on. You're putting one. You're training me. I'm the only person you can train. So say if it's an electrical contractor out there, he's starting yep. up. He's got 12 weeks to become do as good as it could possibly be in 12 weeks. So you're saying sales training. Yep. Uh, then out uh, theory. So go yeah, you do need theory, theory in your own yep. time. Yep. And then I think for you, because you need to, be, you've only got one bloke, you're going to need to find a good subcontractor to hit the ground running. So go and find a very good experienced subcontractor who knows how to do solar well and then um, you can then concentrate on sales. So yeah. you. You know, if you're only a one-man band, um, you need to concentrate on sales. So, look, solar, solar is an absolute sales game. If you can't sell, you're not in. You are absolutely not in the industry. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, what are the pillars that you would recommend people learn in terms of sales? Like, what are the things that people need to know in solar, um, yep. enable to enable them to be able to sell solar systems? So, you need to know the products absolutely inside out. Yeah. You know everything about it. You need to have to break down a power bill. You need to know how to size a solar system for the right power bill. You need to understand different tariffs. You need to understand um, peaks, demand loads. You need to understand all that inside out. Um, you're lucky, your electrician. 
so you would pick that up quick you pick that up fairly quickly um, but then once you've got that then you've got a little relationship it's all about relationships sales is um, customers just want to be heard the truth they want to be able to trust you so you need to be able to um, look if you can't sell a solar system to your best mate you don't sell a solar system to anybody yeah it's as simple as that if you don't believe in it the customers are not going to believe in it you won't sell a solar system yeah most importantly um, to also you know don't sell a solar system to someone who don't think it's worth it to them yeah so, you know if their house is too small or something like that you know yeah so and you need to be providing value to the customer it's not just yep. selling for the sake of selling is that yeah they're actually going to get more out of it than the dollars they hand you over that's right um, and be prepared to walk away from the customer if it's not going to work for them yeah yeah absolutely yeah 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 it's a bit malicious when people go out and just sell for the sake of selling and I know a lot of yep. people are put off by that but mm. when you're selling a good solution which is going to provide more value than the dollars that they hand over to you, then that's that's positive for everyone. Yeah. Yep. So relationship building, learn how to, you know, and it's not just solo, mate. You know, if you're doing a quote, it, well, you're selling yourself every day. Every dog, every time you're an electrician, you, you talk to a customer, you're selling yourself. So really work on um, personality types out there. Learn personalities. Learn how to, how to adapt to different personalities and learn how to sell to different personalities. Yeah. Cool. So first two weeks, sales training, we're learning personalities, we're learning, t we're learning about the product, uh, so yep. you can find that on the resources on the website, and then uh, theory on how the solar system works. Yeah, so you're going to need it, you know, you're going to need um, a license as well to be able to put solar up, however, you probably get away with it if you've got your subcontractor up to speed. Um, yeah. But more, but at the end of the day, you're going to want to know how to do it properly. If, you're, if this is your business, you need to know it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But you know what? Now that I know you're using a subcontractor, stick it sales, mate. Go hard. But, then, but, the, but you're going to have to go out and get a um, supply chain. So go to, a, go to a good wholesaler and find out, um, get a good pricing, good supply chain so that you can start uh, getting these things up on the roof. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then going into the – so then you're going out with the guy. You're learning all about the solar systems. You're learning how to install them properly, safely, and not cutting corners. That's right. And then – just getting through that, those 12 weeks ready for competition yep. where we can win a million dollars. You'll win. You'll win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. But you've got to find the right – it's like fishing too, you know. Like you can go – you're in Scarsborough. You can go fishing out there in Scarsborough. Scarsborough. On the beach there. Yeah. And, um, you know, if there's no fish there, you've got to learn where your target market is. Ah. You've got to find where the fish are. you got to learn. you got to learn what products. you got to learn what people want, different rooms, different suburbs, different cities. Ah. I heard a really good quote once. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, it said, "I go out. I don't go out. You know, I love uh, gummy bears, and so I don't go out and fish when I go fishing with gummy bears. I think what the fish wants to eat. So you bait the hook to fit suit the fish. That's it. And that's how you go about everything that you do in in your work and life, I guess. But mm. yeah. any any conversation or transaction, then yeah, that's what you got to do. Mm. Cool. Well, thanks for that. Um, so, what would you attribute your biggest gro growth and success to within your whole time in the industry? Um, always try to be six months. I always try to predict what's going to happen in six months' time and always prepared the business for six months' time. I always thought, like, I, I always, and probably since 2009, 2010, I always um, acted like my business was on the stock market. Yeah. So it's all always about setting goals, setting targets, um, and always 
you know, being prepared six months to 12 months in advance for those targets, but all, all, always looking, see what's coming, you know? Yeah. You know, what's coming What's coming in um, up for Sparkies in the next five years is quite extraordinary. So um, I, could tell, I could tell you a bit about that later if you want yeah. to. Yeah, let's talk about it now. So what's coming? Yeah. What do you see is coming in the industry? Oh, uh, I see the biggest revolution of all time coming um, in energy, in the energy space. Um, there's no doubt that um, electricity is moving, not completely away, but a big chunk of the market's moving from poles and wires, electricity to, to solar and into energy storage. And, you know, a lot of people, you don't have to be into, into batteries or solar to be part of this. Um, but what you need is, is to know how to do smart homes. You know, there's so much work there for electricians being able to link appliances and lights and PowerPoints and everything to maximise solar systems and energy storage, you know, electric cars and things like that. So there is so much work behind the meter. Um, all, all the sparkies out there need to start thinking about how do we partner up with big companies that um, can get access to these sort of things, yep. and, um, and 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 you know the right products and things like that. And and what do you think is the best way to partner up with those big companies? Well, you got to start thinking about you know who is the big player in your region, who um, who has lots of good customers. You know, I, I'm obviously going to be pretty biased and saying that I think Origin's the best. Um, yeah. But but seriously, this is energy companies that are that are getting right into this space. I think all Sparkies out there have got to start thinking about um, which energy company they're going to partner up with. Yeah. Of course, this is coming big and it's coming fast. Um, but it's not just energy companies. You know, there's no doubt that companies like um, Harvey Norman are getting into the space. Yeah. Harvey Normans are getting into it. JB Hi Fi is the world. Telstra is going to get into it. Um, it's moving quick. And we'll see bigger change in the next five years than we probably have in the last 20 to 30 years wow. in the energy space. And they all need electricians. Yeah. Oh, there's two parts yeah. here I want to cover. So first is how are people going, you said you've got to learn about like what's going on behind the meter and how you can connect it all. Where can someone go to, to learn that stuff? Yeah, well, most electricians are getting into the space. So just watch the space. Most electricians are um, doing this. But look, start looking at products like uh, Carbon Track. Start looking at products like Reposit Energy. Um, there's, there's lots and lots of interconnection. But, you know, Harvey Norman are even starting to sell them off the shelf. You know, yeah. if you look at um, even Samsung, so Samsung, they're starting to embed, um, you know, IP addresses into their air conditioners and, and hot water systems, sorry, into their uh, wash machines and, and dryers and dishwashers so they can start talking. Clipsal, so, sorry, I forgot about our good old mates, Clipsal. They're right into this space. Yeah. Um, really reach out to Clipsal and HBM Legrand those guys as well, they're, they're right into this space and they're coming hard. So uh, I would be talking to those guys and seeing what they got as well because you need to know. If you're not going to know in the next five months, well, you know, you're going to be left behind. Yeah, right. Cool. And then you were talking about partnering up. So what can Origin uh, do for people to partner up with Origin if it's available? Yeah, also Origin are definitely looking for, um, for partners in the energy space down the track. So... Um, you know, especially you know, right right now we definitely want partners in solar and, and energy storage, but down the track we're going to want we're going to need some partners down the track as well for um, helping mums and dads because yeah. we can supply all the energy. Um, we, we need we need good sparkies to be able to connect the um, the back end behind the meter stuff. Yeah. So that so that mums and dads can maximise the solar and energy storage. Cool. And mums yeah. and dads just talking about basic residential home electrical. Oh, it's everywhere. It's, yep. No, sorry, it's it's everywhere. Oh. Yep. Big business, little business, mums and dads, yeah. Everything. Yeah. So, For example, you know, um, 
you can carbon track, for example, um, is a timing. It's a it's, like, it's almost like a little PLC. It just makes sure that your hot water system will come on during the peak times of when the sun's out. So that you're using all your solar, yeah, yeah, pool pumps, all that sort of stuff, yeah, yeah, cool. And what would the steps be in terms of getting in touch with someone like Origin or Master Electricians to become a member? What should they do to do that? Well, you can go straight for the Master Electricians. You can go straight to the website um, and you can become a member there. And most importantly, once you're a member there, you, you're getting um, updates, you know, weekly and monthly updates of what new courses are available. Um, they've got really, really good technical people in there that can help you as well. Um, but with Origin, well, really, you could just contact me I can get you there talk to the right person cool yeah I'll put your yeah. your and people can contact you on LinkedIn or Facebook or how yeah. you want to be contacted yeah yeah that's right all right we'll put the uh, contact links below so that's all good yeah sweet um, so if there's one thing you could teach an electrical contractor that's starting out what would that be um, probably oh there's probably two little pieces of this it's um Really, 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 really measure everything that you do. For the first six months, do nothing else but measure yeah. everything that you do. Measure your profits on every job that you do, every product you buy, how long it takes you to do a job. Really, really understand that. And then within six months, you'll know which products make you the most money, which suburbs make you the most money, which customer makes you the most money. And if you can understand that, that's the biggest start because no one, even the biggest electrical contractors out there today, are still boring up houses for the same price as they were 10 years ago because they don't measure it. Mm. Yeah. So um, that's probably the biggest thing. But the other the other thing is that you need to have a niche. Don't be everything to everybody. Um, so that's the other part of the 80-20 yeah. uh, rule. Don't be everything to everybody. Uh, but really have a look what makes you a little bit different to everybody else and, and find that niche and really leverage it. Yeah. yeah. So brand and, and what you were saying before, so brand it, leverage it. Yeah. Um, so, what tools do you use to measure? Or oh, well, in the old days, it, I, I created absolutely my own spreadsheets and um, software to do that. These days, you don't need that. You've got Simpro um, that will do a lot of that stuff for you. But um, Simpro still doesn't do everything that I like it to do. So, I've, I've obviously got a big bunch of spreadsheets yeah. <laughs> still hanging out in the background. But um, but now I've got accountants uh, working working here. That, that can do a lot of this stuff for me and helps me every day. Yeah. Cool. I, have a, I have business analysts help me every day. Yeah. My spark is having a business analyst. So, and, you know, sometimes it's worth having that one day off a fortnight to do nothing absolutely else other than working on your business and looking at those numbers. Yeah, once a fortnight. I used to do it weekly. Yeah. I used to do it once a week. Yeah. If you were to spend one uh, uh, money on one thing only in terms of your brand and leveraging, like you're talking about mm. leveraging, so you leverage through putting money into something, what would that one thing be? So you said you did TV, radio, advertising. What's your favorite? In the, in the, old, in the old days, yeah, that, you know, old days, we're just, you know, gee whiz, it's only, you know, 19, 2005, 2004, that's what it was, but these days it's all different. Um, oh, it's hard. It, it, it's Marketing is a bunch of stuff. There's no doubt it's all digital today and digital big time. You know, Facebook probably kills it all. Um, yeah. It's absolutely the best, most cost-effective way. But you know what? Um, you know what? If you're going to spend one, if you're going to spend money once, I think um, get yourself a, a mentor for. Uh, if you have to pay for it, get it for six months. Uh, like a business coach. Yeah, business coach six months. Yeah, 
go from there and then really and, and that person there will help you develop your niche what you're good at understand what really drives you every day and then will help you go take you to the next level to understand yourself first yep then you're going to go yep excellent cool you got to enjoy if you're not enjoying yourself what you're doing every day you're not going to you're not going to come to work yeah oh, yeah you know I, I, lo- I actually love the job that I do now you know the fact that every time we say we save in the world every day one panel at a time Awesome. <laughs> but, Love that. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Sweet. All right. So, um, so what do you like to do in your spare time, John? Well, my love out outrigging, ocean outrigging is what my sport is. Love that. Um, I do that as much as I can. I've, I try to do it seven days a week if I can. Um, so that's my sport. That's what you know. That's my out really. I, I paddle with a good bunch of blokes. Um, my wife does it too, so it's good. You can actually go and do something with your wife at the same time. But yeah. <laughs> um, it's my out. Yeah. Get your fit. It's really good. You cool. can travel the country. You can travel the world. I'm racing these things, which are great. Yeah. Um, but obviously, my absolute number one passion is racehorses. Yeah. I um, live them, eat them. Just don't eat them. I never eat them. But uh, love racehorses. And um, <laughs> I, yeah, that, that's my biggest passion outside outrigging. You know, in your family, obviously. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but so yeah, so I own a few at the moment. So that's good. that photo in the background there. There's one there. Yeah, I've got a couple of good ones. But yeah, yeah he's my. It was my first really, really good one, yeah. Yeah, move your one head. Queens and millions. Move, move your head to the side there. Look at all these medals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the outrigging, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Um, so uh, have you set up an electrical contracting business to, or how have you set up your business to allow you to have the lifestyle that you've got? So able to, you know, go to the races, um, do your outrigging, all that. Have you set it up? Oh, look, yeah, we're, I've got a full leadership team underneath me as well now. So I've got um, operation managers, I've got sales managers, I've got um, office managers, and that, and they've also got um, team leaders underneath them as well. So yeah. uh, we're under full management here, yep. which, which enables me to be able to, and Scott, to be able to um, turn the ship really. Yeah. But focus on the big stuff, yeah. Okay, and when you were starting out, it was just you. Like, when would you bring in extra help to help out with other things? You need you need to get to at least five staff. You can run five staff by yourself, um, and then you, you know, once you've got five, you, then you can bring the one guy in. I'd, you know, your, your full time estimator or, or um, operations guy to run you guys. So that will take fifty percent of your time off to be able to work on your business. Mm. But uh, but uh, you know, it's a big jump. Then you go five to ten. Ten probably isn't quite enough. You can probably make just as much money with five than you can with um, ten blokes. Because of the because of the extra dramas, you probably need to go from five to probably the next jump's fifteen to twenty, is yeah. when you. Um, but to go to full management, you probably need forty to fifty staff. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, and what about just a admin person to help out with the books and the stuff that, you know, emails and. Yeah. Well, you you need that big time. So. Um, it doesn't matter how good you are as a sparky. If you're not getting that back end right, if you're not invoicing on time, you're not collecting money um, on time, you might as well not even be working. So um, you can't, don't, don't um, take that lightly. A lot of people have part-time bookkeepers, but you really need someone doing the invoices for you quickly. Yeah. So but we're lucky now. We've got good technology where a lot of our guys can be invoicing on the job and taking payments. So we didn't have that. Hey, when we started, it would have been great. Yeah. So you get all your guys to invoice their own jobs? Uh, no, we, we don't. Um, we don't. We still we do a lot of the automation. Like all our guys are on iPads. Yep. But we we just don't do we just don't do the invoicing or take payments. 
yeah. quite yet. We get customer signatures and and uh, all the job cards and everything are there for them. Yeah. Lock it all in. Lock yeah, it yeah. in. Yeah. And then follow yeah. up fast. That's it. Yeah. Um, I found a lot of success in same day follow up for payment. Yeah. After the invoice is created, and yeah. you follow up on the day, and it's almost like every day later that you do it is the day later that they'll pay it. So if you wait a mm. week, they'll wait a week. Wait two weeks, they'll wait two weeks. Wait a month, they'll wait a month. <laughs> two <laughs> months. That's funny. <laughs> Found that. But you're right, you know, you don't go to the doctor and um, don't take a week to pay, do you, you know? Yeah. You pay out of counter. Yeah. We've got to, as Sparkies, we've got to start thinking the same stuff, you know? Mm, for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, uh, we've got a couple of questions from the members of uh, the Electrician Success Academy. Um, wow. So I'm going to dive into the first one. Um so this one here is, uh, what courses do you recommend electricians complete to get the required skills and qualifications to work on solar design and installation? Yeah, well there is, as the master electricians have got courses, but there's also, um, there's lots of RTOs that are, that are doing it now. I, look, I couldn't recommend any other than, other than others, because we did ours over 12 months, so. But it's not so much the courses that you learn, it's more about it's what you learn after hours. It's the product training that you're doing, and it's the it's the on-the-job training that's really important in this space now. Yeah, so it's your research yeah. that you're doing outside of the course. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. um, finishing your apprenticeship doesn't mean you're going to be a good electrician. You have to continually yeah. push yourself to the next level, looking for new yeah. resources to learn from, uh, new people to learn from as well. I think that's really important. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing. If like, if you're installing solar, if you won't be installing much if you're not selling much. So I yeah. uh, really learn how to sell. Really learn how to be a sales guy yeah. you know, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, that one was from Anthony. So thanks for that. Uh, Jonathan asked, uh, with so many different options for batteries coming onto the market, which do you think will be the best going forward? Uh, like uh, VHS versus Betamax. Yep. Um, and you're right. There is a lot coming out. Um, you know, obviously, look. As far as we're concerned, we think Tesla is the best. Um, so we've taken on Tesla. We think that's the best. But look, LG Cam, um, they're getting pretty good what they're doing. Uh, Enphase, uh, I've got a good products. Um, Samsung were there. Um, Samsung seemed to have fallen off the radar a bit. But look, even um, um, Mercedes, Mercedes Benz, I think, even got a battery company. Oh. So any, all, you'll start seeing a lot of car car companies doing this. Panasonic's another one. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it's really, really early. It's yeah. really, really early. Yeah. And, but at this stage, Tesla is by far up front. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you're talking about solar um, and it's a sales game. So, And you just said that you're using Tesla, which is one of the most uh, expensive. Is that right? So how do you... No, it's not. It's not? No, oh, okay. No. So that's why we, we, we think it's most cost-effective. Cost-effective. Okay. Yeah. So I was gonna, yeah. my question was going to be when you've got cheaper and nastier batteries and solar panels and all those things coming into the market... How do you um, at Horan and Bird, you know, put yourself above and tell and, and inform and educate your customer to use the better products, spend that little bit of extra money, uh, versus someone else that gives a, give them a quite couple of grand less. Yeah. So, our company, our brand, we've always tried to be the Toyota of the of the um, of the industry. We, we never wanted to be the cheap end car. We never wanted to be the uh, Mercedes Benz. Um, we always just want to be the Toyota because we think you know that most people out there um, want to buy a good, reliable company and prepare to pay a bit more money for it. So 
and then at the end of the day, we don't really wanted, we didn't really want customers who wanted the cheap end stuff either, because that wasn't our brand. Um, we couldn't be that price to that person. Um, yeah. But in the end of the day, we could we can also supply the high end stuff. So if we've got customers that absolutely just want the best, the best, the best, we can supply that as well, and we can give them the backup service and everything that requires there. Do you give them options? But for us, we do. We give them options. Yeah. So we give them the options for um, good, better, best, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And, and and be okay. Do you think the lesson and the takeaway for contractors watching this doesn't have to be solar, doesn't have to be anything, but be okay with walking away from that's it. from jobs that where customers are pushing you to go cheaper, the effect of a discount is devastating on your profit. Oh, that. But it's not just so much the discount; it's the trouble they're going to give you after it because they're never going to stop. Yeah. Really. That sort of person is the complainer. Yeah. So. But yeah, but you know, sometimes complainers are good. But what I can't emphasize enough, though, is that if you do make a mistake, though, you fix it. Um, and no matter what, even though it doesn't matter how much it costs you, yeah, you got to man, you got to man up. Yeah, man up. Do the right yeah. thing. Keep the customer yeah. happy. Good That's vibes. It. Good vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, so, so you're recommending Tesla uh, for that sort of? Yeah, but you know, watch this space. Yeah. It's pretty, you know, what's going to happen to batteries in the next five years is going to be extraordinary. So, um, but Tesla seem to be the best at the moment, yeah. What do you think is so good about batteries coming in? Uh, I just think the price points um, are going to get more, well, sorry, I think they're going to be more efficient. They're going to get bigger. Um, and just a bit like solar, I think they'll probably get a little bit cheaper. Um, but we'll, it'll, be, it'll get to a stage where, you know, um, it's going to be mainstream where, Every second house is going to have one. Do you know anything about the plans for integration with the network from the home? Yeah, that. Yeah, so um, yeah, guys like Ergon, um, company you know that have big problems with trying to supply peak demands, especially in in areas that are a long way away from the grid. So so still on the grid, but a long way away. So not part of a big metro. Yeah, they do. They need battery back. They need battery. So Ergon and another. Um, Companies like that are, are putting big batteries in place yeah. to help them. Um, good, good for a grid um, to get rid of the peak, but also help for grid supply. You know. Do you think they'll ever use the? I've seen a model where they're talking about uh, using the homeowners' over or excess um, power and pulling it back into the people that aren't pulling enough to stop the peak loads of the network. Yeah, that that's that's happening already. Yeah, yeah. they're doing that already. Yeah, yeah. and that's got to come thick and fast. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah, and that's a positive yeah. thing for the industry. Oh, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. Yeah. yeah. Why is it? Why is it so good? Oh, because you know, instead of, especially in Queensland and and Western Australia is the same. You're a big state. Um, you have big, um, coal-fired power stations and that are 600, 700 kilometres away for where people need electricity. It just makes more sense for people to have solar and battery storage right on their roof, only a couple of metres away for where they use it every day. Yeah. So. Customers that that um, can't afford solar or can't afford battery storage, well, you know that the the excess electricity of your next door neighbour could be feeding you. Mm. So that's why I just think it's better. It's yeah. great. And do you see a lot yeah. of those um, bigger coal mines and and pollutive uh, industries sort of shutting down over the long term? Um, well, they are. or they are shutting down. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are shutting down. Um, gas is going great though. So probably where coal is. Coal-fired power stations um, are falling, are slowing up. Gas is taking over, but look, coal is still important. 
it's, it's still an important um, party to the energy mix. You know, it, it, it's got its role. Coal has still got its role yeah. in the energy mix yeah. in Australia and all over the world. So we can't just be, um, you know, just saying coal's bad. Um, coal can be um, fixed up, so it, it's not so bad. Yeah. But it's still, it's still an important mix. Yeah. So it's getting them creating more efficient um, operations and procedures to make coal less yeah. polluted. That's right. Yeah. You know. Baseload. To be honest, with you, if a lot of people need a lot, of, a lot of electricity quickly, uh, if, if we just got solar or battery storage out there, you're probably not going to be able to supply them. Mm. So you still need good baseload, um, like coal fire yeah. power stations. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Um, and another one from Jonathan was, uh, what is your go-to panels and inverter combo for setup for optimal conditions and why? So you just talked about. Yeah. Um, at Horn and Bird here, we've actually. We've got um, six different panels on our roof, so we've got we've got a 30 kilowatt solar system on our roof here, and we measure and track um, the different brands. We 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 swap the panels um, all the time, so we we run different brands all the time, and we can tell which which panels work best uh, facing north, uh, which ones face west, which ones work in the winter, which ones work better in the summer. So from that, when we go and see a customer, we actually if their house is facing west. We know what sort of's going to work better for them. If it's facing north, we know it's going to work better for them. Um, but look, right now, but it's hard to have different a big bunch of panels. So what we like is a good all-round panel that can adapt um, for the lot. Look, there a lot of the tier one, a lot of the tier one panels now have really got so close to each other. Um, you know, it's hard to pick the difference. We we like uh, Trina Solar. We've been Trina Solar um, partner for a very very long time. Um, we're now using CSUN. CSUN, we found, uh, are really good as well. And um, they're, we're seeing on our roof, we see CSUN doing just as just as much production every day that, that the trainer does. So um, there are two there are two, are two topic panels. Yep. Um, but in saying that, you know, there's, there's a other bunch out there that, that are very close to those. With inverters, um, Fronius has absolutely got itself to the top. So as far as we're concerned, we think Fronius, for, well, for price point, Quality-wise, SMA is right there with Fronius, but um, we just think our, our go-to right now is Fronius and CSUN or Fronius and Trina. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Cool. For Verda, yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Well, John, is there anything else that you'd like to share with uh, the members of the Electrician Success Academy and the industry? Because this will be going live. It's a podcast. Um, probably, you know, just... Absolutely think about what makes you different to everybody else. Um, measure and test everything that you do. Know which customers make you the most money, but not so much make you the most money. You know, find out which customers like your product. Um, don't be everything to everybody, um, but uh, make sure you uh, make money, really. Make sure you make money. Yeah. But never stop reading. Never stop learning. Always read a book. Yeah. So um, look at I, I read a book every month. There's a, I'll give a plug to my good old mate, Troy Hazard. He's got a really good book out there called um, uh, Future Proof Your Business. Yep. So I, I reckon if um, go out there and get one of them, yep. that's, a, that's a really, really good book for put, anyone starting out business. We can put that Future in the resources. Yeah. And what, yeah. what would you yeah. say is your most influential book, which is like your go-to book when you're struggling or you need to go back to? So something you oh. Look, you know what? Uh, I've read so many, I wouldn't have a go-to book anymore. Um, I... I just go back and read notes. I, I journal a lot, so every time I write a book, sorry, every, 
I've only written one. Uh, every, time, every time I've uh, read a book, I, I keep a journal and I you know, have lots of good points. I take the best. Every book's not perfect. I tell you, take the 10% best out of every book and I put them in a journal and I read that journal and you come out bulletproof. Your own book for you, the journal. Yes, you create your own book. And then, you know, obviously you can see that my next book's coming because I've created this journal. <laughs> but... Um, but it's fantastic. Cool. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And is there any anywhere people you talked a lot about sales is the the key thing that people should learn uh, for success in business. So what where could people go? Is there somewhere you send you got your guys or is, what could people read? Oh look, if you go, if you go onto YouTube and you YouTube uh, Brian Tracy, you will learn everything. He's he's a little bit old school sales, but he's he's the top person. I like his relationship sales. Yeah. It's all about building uh, rapport with the customer. Bit old school. I like it. Um, I think if you listen to everything Brian Tracy does, you will you will go wrong. So obviously he's got a big bunch of books as well. But I'm I'm like a I'm like a tradie too. Sometimes it's easier to watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, but it's funny. You know, the book I'm reading right now is How to Bag an Elephant. So it's um, it's a uh, <laughs> there's lots of weird and wacky books out there that can help you with sales. I can tell you that. A big a big bag, I would imagine. How to bag an elephant? Yeah. So it's, it's what, very different. What are you learning in there? Oh, it's how to. It really is how to um, deal with big companies and, and how corporates um, work and and uh, how they make decisions around a product. Because like, you know, a lot of the times we're trying to sell little sparkies out there trying to sell products to big corporates. Um, it's hard to get past the gatekeepers. So how do you actually get your brand to the corporate? So mm. um, how to bag an elephant? Awesome. <laughs> That's cool. I'm not finished the book yet. But I'll tell you. Yeah. How it turns out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Sweet. Well, uh, heaps of resources in there, John. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and what you're up to. And I, I think you're going to motivate and inspire a lot of people out in the industry. Thanks for sharing your time today. No worries, mate. See you later. See you, mate. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Just a reminder, use the promo code P-O-D-C-A-S-T, podcast, all in capital letters, at checkout at the Electrician Success Academy to get a lifetime 10% off for being one of our awesome listeners here at the Electrician Success Podcast. Anyway, have a fantastic day. I hope you're crushing it out there and I'll see you in the next episode.